Ephesians chapter 5. We took us 20 sermons to get to chapter 5. And Lord willing, we'll be spending another 10 to 15 sermons to finish the book out. So this is kind of, kind of fun. I've enjoyed this. I've, I'm enjoying the book of Ephesians. I'm enjoying going through it slowly. I've preached through this once in Spanish. Didn't understand what I was saying, but... <laughs> Now I can finally understand the book a little bit better and enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, it's amazing the little phrase there, uh, like father, like son. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing the things that we pass on to our children, the physical things we pass on to our children, like height. Uh, Nathan is blessed in that area with height. Uh, our children are not blessed in that area of height because they have me as a father. Um, and so they're not going to grow much taller than what they are. Now, maybe they will. They have uncles that are tall. And so maybe that'll help them. But uh, height, looks, right? They get our looks. Uh, I, I, I found the secret of having good-looking children. Uh, marry a good-looking wife. Amen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my only hope. And uh, God's grace allowed that. Skills. Our kids have certain skills that I have, and and uh, even more skills than I have in amazing ways. My father-in-law, you know, told me now that you're going into a different house and newer house, you know, Katie's going to want to change things and do things and all that. And I said, that's why I married her because I have you. I have my father-in-law. Praise the Lord for that because I don't have skills. He has the skills, and that kind of helps us when we need to fix things up and make them nicer. We have him. Other things, uh, smarts. Right, our kids get our smarts, our intelligence, and in my case, Ellie is very smart, just like her father. And uh, <laughs> not one amen, huh? <laughs> and other things, when we get saved, we have spiritual genes. We become a child of God, and now we can reflect our Father. And I want to show you something that is found nowhere else in the New Testament. Are you ready for this? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore be imitators of who? God. You won't find that phrase anywhere else in the Bible. I mean, we're told to imitate what is good in the Bible. We're told to, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Other churches are told to imitate other churches that are doing what is right in the Bible. But no other verse in the Bible tells us to imitate God. Now think about that for a moment. And somebody says, well, how do I imitate him? I mean, I'm not omniscient. I'm not omnipotent. I'm not... Uh, uh, omnipresent, there's things that we can't imitate when it comes to God. But there are things that we can. And we looked at last week how we ought to be kind, compassionate, and we ought to forgive one another just as God has forgiven us in Christ. And so when we come to imitating God, what he's going to talk about here in the context is that we ought to imitate his love that he has towards us with other people. We ought to walk in love as we're going to see here in a moment. We are to live out this love that we have, that God has for us. We're to live out with others. And we're not talking about this sentimental love that the world talks about. We are talking about true, biblical, sacrificial love for one another. We're going to get into what that means. 
True biblical love, as we're going to see here, seeks only what is good for the object loved. All right, now, I'm going to give you a little phrase here that we use. Happy wife means happy what? I want you to think about that. Is that biblical? No. No. No, Some of you hesitate, right? (laughs) Especially the husbands here. If I say no, I'm in big trouble. Because I don't want to make her happy. Think about this for a moment. Happy wife means happy life. We're taught that, right? But what is that thinking of? If my wife is happy, that means I'm happy. That means I got to make her happy so that I'm happy. That is not biblical love. Biblical love seeks what is good for the object loved, not thinking of themselves. Wow. Think about that for a moment. You hear some churches that say, hey, you got to give, give, give to God, give to God, because if you give to God, guess what? He'll give to you. And so everybody gives to God so that they would get back. It is selfish. That's not sacrificial. True biblical love thinks of the other person. True biblical love seeks what is good for the object love. And at times it is hard. How many times have we had to say to our children, believe me, what we're doing for you, this is good for you. It's dumb. It's good for you. I don't like it. Believe me, it's good for you. We seek what is good for the object loved. And so as we talk about this, how do we do this? How do we imitate God? How do we be imitators of God? Watch what this passage says. We got to walk in love. Here's how we to walk in love. We are to love as you are loved or love as we are loved. Look at this verse here. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. This is a wonderful verse. So here's what he's saying. I want you to imitate the love of God. And here's how you're supposed to do that. You are loved by God. You are objects of God's love. You are beloved children. Now don't take this for granted. Because remember, as we studied Ephesians before, we were alienated from the life of God. We were objects of God's wrath because of disobedience. But the moment we get saved, now we are objects of God's love. We are children of God. We are adopted into the family. You guys know the Stein family that we support? They have four, and he's got heights too, you know, he, I'm very jealous about that. But he's got, oh, his kids are tall. But what does he do? He's got four kids. He decides to adopt two Peruvians. Now they homeschool in two languages. How would you like to do that? Next time you complain about homeschooling, think about homeschooling in two languages and in two cultures and doing two different things with these kids. It's amazing. But now these two Peruvians who were outside of the Stein family are now inside the Stein family, objects of their love. That's us. Let me, let me show you this verse here in Romans 5.5. 5. I love this verse. It says this, Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out, where? In our hearts. And it's interesting what he's talking about here. It has been lavished upon our hearts. The moment we get saved, we understand this. I am loved by God. 
Not just because the Bible tells me so, because the Holy Spirit tells me so. It says it's been poured out in our hearts through what? Through the Holy Spirit which was given to me. So given to us. So what he is saying this is this. He's saying this. We have the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts. We have the ability by the Holy Spirit, the empowerment by the Holy Spirit to love other people. The Holy Spirit does that. In fact, the Holy Spirit tells us the breadth of the love of God. Remember Paul prayed that we would know that? How it reaches the whole world? The Holy Spirit lets us know the length of God's love, that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. The Holy Spirit lets us know the height of God's love, that is higher than the heavens. The Holy Spirit lets us know the depth of God's love, that is deeper than the sea. Somebody says, I can't understand God's love. Well, I'm glad that I don't have to understand everything to experience it. I don't understand air. Do you? But I breathe it. I don't know how many times I got to breathe to stay alive, but it happens. I understand a lot of things about air. I don't understand gravity. Do you? But I'm here. I'm not floating in the air. I mean, there's a lot of things we don't understand, but we experience it. And so we don't have to understand everything, but we have the love of God poured out into our hearts. Now watch this. Look what Jesus says here. Just as my father has loved me, I have also loved you. Meditate on that for a moment. Just as the Father has loved the Son, and we know this is an eternal love, we know this is a perfect love, we know this is an unbelievable love, He loves us the same. Wow. Meditate on that for a moment. And then He says this, Abide in my love. And how do we abide in God's love? That's depending on Him and that's by obedience. If He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Now look what Jesus says after that. He says, just as the Father's loved me, I have loved you. Now look at the next thing He says. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. I love you like the Father loves me. Now you love one another like I love you. Wow. You say, what do I got to do to do that? Look at the next verse here. Walk in love. Love as you have loved. Notice this. Pattern it after your love, after Christ's love. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you. And here's the key to it. Gave himself up for us. Now, don't miss this. This is so important. What is true biblical love? True biblical love is not just giving things to somebody. I have seen people leave countries so that they can provide for their family and send them back stuff and just they leave they leave their families, they leave their children and just send back stuff. They give things. That is not a greatest expression of love. The greatest expression of love is not giving up things. Oh, I love you, so I'm going to give this up and give this up. No, nope, that's not it either. The greatest expression of love is giving itself, is giving you, is sacrificing your dreams, your desires, your wants for the person that you love. That is true biblical love. Here's the thing. We can give without loving, but we can't love without giving. And we need to give ourselves. How many of you heard of Amy, Amy Carmichael, the famous missionary to India? 
You know, she used to pray for blue eyes. That's kind of a weird prayer, isn't it? God, give me blue eyes. She was mad at God for 20 years because he wouldn't give her blue eyes. Give me blue eyes. Give me blue eyes. And then all of a sudden, God calls her to India. And she's thinking, if I had blue eyes and ministering to the Indians, it wouldn't be too good. They would reject me. So she was thankful now for her brown eyes. You know, she would dye her skin dark. Listen to what she would do. She would dye her skin dark. She would travel in the heat to someone. She would travel in the heat just to save one child from prostitution. She gave herself for the people, not just gave them things. And so as we talk about this and we talk about it in the Bible, look what it says here in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life I live and now in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And what did he do? He gave himself up for me. There it is. He didn't just give me things. He gave me himself. So, so what he's saying is we need to pattern our love, walk in love, just as Christ has loved us and gave himself for us. You say, Jeremy, how do I practically do that to other church people? How do I do that for other believers? Well, thanks for asking. I'm going to give you a, a few things here. Here's some practical ways we can do this. First thing we can do is pray for one another. Now, this is going to get convicting for a moment because how many of us have said, I'm going to pray for you and haven't done it? Anybody do that before? I once caught a pastor on that. He said, hey, I said, pray for me on this thing. He goes, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then I, it passed. I said, did you pray for me? He goes, uh, well, I thought about it. You know how to stop that? When they ask you to pray, you stop right there. And you pray right there. That helps me. Because if I don't, I'm going to go on. I'm going to not pray. I'm not going to do everything. I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to say, I think about it. I'll do it. Pray right. The greatest expression of love that we could do for some is just pray for them right there in the moment. Pray and grab them and pray for them. Look at this other thing. You know how else we can express love? We can gather together. You know, in a world of digital stuff that's going on here in the age of technology, let me just tell you something. I love being with people. No camera has once yet said to me, amen. And some people say, yeah, we watched you. Yeah, you watched me. I didn't get to see you. It's a great expression of love is being together with one another. And we gather together and we show our love for one another. Look at this, serve together, VBS and all these different things that we have. It's wonderful to, to serve the Lord together. And there's ways that we could serve together. But that's, a, that's an act of love. How about this one, showing honor? Did you see uh, on the news the young kid ripping up the American flag? Yes. We're living in a world that doesn't show honor to anyone. Here in the church, an act of love is showing honor. Thank you for your thank you for your job. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you and showing honor to them. You look at all these things that are here in these decorations. Miss Kim and Miss Debbie broke their backs this week doing this stuff. And Maya. And many and others as well. But we will show honor to them. I'm not going to get them anything, but we'll show honor to them. No, I'm kidding. Show honor. Really care about them. And thank the Lord for all their hard work. And then here's another thing. You ever wonder why kids are so close together and why they just, they have fun together. Let's have fun together as a church. Sometimes we take things too, we take ourselves too serious. 
Have fun. Enjoy one another. Camp, camp was a great experience for the kids. Why? They had fun together. They drew closer together. I'm thinking about we need a softball team. Amen? I know Mindy's in. I know Mindy's in, but that's a strikeout every time. But I need somebody else that's going to help out. No, maybe we should do a little bit better than that. But we need, we need to have some fun together. We need to do some things. We're going to have a barbecue together. Let's have fun together. That's a way, practical ways that we can show our love for one another. Now, here's the thing that's hard. We show our love for people who can care less whether or not we show love for them. And some people say, well, I'm sick of being burned. So watch this verse. Look at this. Love others for God's glory. Look at this. And walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to who? To God. Some people say, well, I, Jesus loves me. He went on the cross for me. Watch out with that. He did go on the cross for us, but he went on the cross for his father. To the glory of his father. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. And yet he died on the cross, yes, for us, but his main was for the glory of his father. He is an offering. His sacrifice was an offering and a sacrifice to who? God. Notice this here, a fragrant aroma. You know, you study the Old Testament, you see, as they gave up sacrifices, the smoke would go up and God would be pleased because it smelled good. It was a pleasant aroma to God. Smell matters, amen? That's why I don't eat fish. They stink. If fish smelled like lasagna, I eat them all the time. But they have this distinct smell, this stinky smell about them. You can't even eat them without throwing up, which some of you can. I don't even know why. But smell matters, amen? Some of you, when you don't take a bath, it matters. But the sweet aroma, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to the Father. How the smell, and, it, and you know what it means when it, it smelled the fragrant aroma. What it's saying is it was acceptable to God. It pleased the Father. It was wonderful for the Father. And so when we love one another, we got to remember this. This pleases God, the Father. That person may not respond that person may react in ways that we don't like. But we're not loving that person just to love that person. We're loving that person to the glory of God our Father. And things change. Amy Carmichael, you know about her, but did you know that she was bedridden for the last 20 years of her life? Did you know how she's sitting there on the bed and she writes all these books and all these poems and things that she didn't want people to publish, by the way, but yet they got a hold of some of them. Listen to what she says here. This is amazing. She, as she's laying on her bed, she can't move. She's sick. She's got this stuff going on in her body. She says, more and more, I feel that love is the golden secret of life. The very air of heaven is love. Think about that when we get to heaven. The very air of heaven is love. For God is love and love never fails. So she says, so go on loving. Not only the loveless, but the unlovable, the difficult, the perplexing, the disappointing. Love them until the end. Think about that. 
There was a wife whose father, her husband, husband kept going, getting drunk every night. And he would come home in the middle of the night, get into bed, and she would lean over and she would just look at him and say, I love you. He would go out and get drunk again. And this happened for years. And she would just turn over in the middle of the night and look at him and say, I love you. Finally, he broke. He got right with God. He stopped drinking. He got right with his wife. And somebody asked him, so what brought you back to your senses? What made you come to your senses? He said, I would come home. I'd be drunk. And she'd look at me and say, I love you. Her love broke me. Love matters. And there are people who don't deserve our love. But think about this. We don't deserve the love of God. And yet he loves us. There are people who reject our love, but think about this. There are people who reject God's love, and yet he still loves. So we are to imitate the Father by walking in love. And that is different for different people. But what we do will bring honor and glory to him. So as we get into communion right now, and we think about this, before the Father. The question is, are we imitating our Father? It's the only verse in the Scripture that tells us to do so. And are we practically loving one another? Not just in words, but in actions as well. Let's take a couple of moments. And if somebody can, Maya, can you call the kids up here? Come and join us. Let's take a couple of moments just in our hearts as we prepare for what Christ has done for us on the cross. The Bible says there's no greater love than this, that a man give his life for us. Remember, these are symbols. The wafer is a symbol of his body that was broken on the cross for us. The juice is a symbol of his blood that was shed for us on the cross. If you haven't been saved, you need to get saved. This symbolizes I am a child of God, that I, I believe in Jesus Christ, that I've accepted Jesus Christ, and I've accepted His love for us. But the question isn't this morning, does He love us? We know He does. The question is, am I loving others like He loves me? So let's take a few moments and ask ourselves that in our hearts. Father, as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, to become imitators of You, we look at all the times that we've given up on others, and You haven't. We think of all the times that we get frustrated because people don't respond to our love. 
You don't. You just keep loving. In fact, you poured your love out into our hearts by your Holy Spirit, which was given to us. We have no excuse not to love. We have the power to love because Jesus Christ lives within us. So help us, O Lord, not just to say the words to one another, but to really live it out. When someone asks for prayer, we stop and we pray. That we take advantage of the moments that we have to gather together, not knowing if we're going to have another week together or not. That we would serve. That's an act of love as we serve together and one another. That we would show honor to each other. Father, I thank you so much for the, the, the people here that are sacrificing their time, their energy for you, Lord. We may not be as grateful as we ought to be, but this is a sweet sacrifice to you. So God, help us to remember that. Lord, I think of the, the words of Jesus, how he said, as the Father has loved me, I love you. Wow. And then how Jesus looked at his disciples and said, as I've loved you, love one another. Another wow. Oh God, we need you. Thank you so much that you call us to imitate you. And thank you for, through the blood of Jesus Christ, allowing us to be your child. We are beloved children. And thank you that we have the pattern of love, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up. And thank you for accepting that sacrifice and now allowing us to have eternal life through his sacrifice. So Lord, as we right now reflect on it and remember it, prepare our hearts for it, we pray. I pray, God, if there's anyone that we're willing to not love today, that you would convict our hearts and that you would help us, Lord, to be loving as you have loved us. That right now we would stop making the excuses that we make in our heads that they don't deserve or even accept our love, whatever it may be that the devil likes to put there, that right now we would say, I am willing to love. Not just give things, not just give up things, but to give of myself. Thank you for that example. And thank you for the power to do it. We want to give you all the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we take of the wafer and understand that this is the body that was broken for us on the cross, let us remember together that Jesus paid a debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Let's thank the Lord for the body on the cross.
as we come together and partake of the juice which represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Let's thank the Lord for His blood that was shed on the cross for us, forgiving us of all our sins, past, present, and future, all because of the blood. Let's thank Him. Let us walk in love just as He loved us, given His life for us. Brian, would you lead us in a song? We're thankful for Brian and all his hard work with the praise team as well.